0: Welcome to the Dive Into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki focus stories, 100% human. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of the Dive Into Reiki podcast today with Joao Magalhaes. And I'm super, super, super excited to interview Joao. I didn't know very much about him when I interviewed him, uh, but I discovered like he actually does a lot, has been impacting a lot of lives. So Joao is based in Portugal. He's a Reiki master teacher and the president of the Portuguese Reiki Association, which he founded in 2008 and has become one of the most relevant in Europe. He's also the author of more Reiki books I could count online. In Portuguese, I'm going to say a couple of titles and translate them. O Grande Libro do Reiki, The Big Book of Reiki, Reiki Guía para una Vida Feliz, which is Reiki, a Guide for a Happy Life, and Reiki, Energia Universal, uh, Reiki, Universal Energy. And for you, those of you who speak Portuguese, I just said it in Spanish. I'm sorry. My portuguese is really bad. So, Joao, thank you so much for being here with me today.
1: Thank you, Natalie. It's a pleasure to be here with you and to share Reiki, of course.
0: Thank you so much. So I wanted to start like I start all of these interviews uh, with the first time you came across Reiki practice in your life.
1: Mm -hmm. So it was in the early 2000s. And um, someone told me, well, there is something very interesting here that you should learn. It's called Reiki. And that was like, mm, interesting, <laughs> because some years before uh, i started with uh, 16 years old, this uh, spiritual awakening and the practice of Buddhism and meditation, yoga, etc. And um, also something very look like a planning healing for the time. So I went to this Reiki class. So internet in Portugal was not very famous (laughs) at the moment (laughs) and not much everybody was at the internet, but I I looked for a Reiki course and I I came in with this Reiki course. So it was my first step uh, in Reiki in the beginning of 2000. And for me, it was a a great experience and also a great change for my life, not only in a physical way, but also and very especially in an inner way.
0: I love that. And I have a question because after we talk and you mentioned that you were practicing Buddhism already, most of us, when we go to Reiki, we don't have any reference of what could have been the historical roots or the spiritual roots of Reiki practice. So do you think that made you perceive Reiki in a different way than imagine me who went from like having no spiritual practice or having probably a Christian background and taking my first class?
1: Well, I I only got that that kind of... um putting together Buddhism and Reiki, which means the Japanese cultural um, statutes and, and what is Reiki just some years later, because here in Portugal, it was very present the essential Reiki from Stein. So it was like, okay, you, you call your guides and, you pray and things like that. And it was strange because when I saw my, my manual, I looked at the picture of Mikauzui and, and I, I said to myself, there is something more than this. And I, I never liked much the idea of uh, calling a guide or praying, so I never done it. And some years later, when I found out the precepts and all the, the profound meaning of Reiki, through my my research and being in contact with with other researchers then i linked with buddhism and it's true that in buddhism we have a lot of situations like those of put your hands together and say out loud in the morning and in the evening so it's exactly the same in, in some sutras and this is just a small appointment because there are much more connections of course
0: Perfect. Yeah. And, and I think we all have very different way of practicing and guides and all of that is great as long as they don't hinder or like deepening of the practice. Right. And I think that's why a lot of us are really bringing the precepts forth, uh, So we remember like, yes, we can have different way of practicing. We can have three centers of chakras, but we shouldn't try to go deeper no matter how we practice. So I, I love that you're bringing that. And then I was very impressed with you because when I ask you and Perhaps because, you know, sometimes it's really hard to organize things in Reiki. And you have created an organization that actually, like, everybody talks about, right? When I interviewed someone in Italy, in Holland, like, oh, I spoke at the Reiki Portuguese Association. And when I asked, how did you start? You said, I started by myself. And I wanted you to share a little bit of that. Like, how was that journey? And what motivated you to create an association for Reiki? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, in truth, uh, there was a special event that made me create this association because it was a a very bad experience with a a reiki practitioner so this recalled me that okay we have some inner guidelines but we don't have guidelines for society and uh, also that there was a need of we as reiki practitioners get together and speak and change ideas and put things moving on here in Portugal. So these were the, the two main bases for, for founding the association. And uh, it was amazing because I started by myself and uh, mainly I am an introvert. So <laughs> speaking with with people, it's always uh, very funny and nobody says that I'm, that I'm an introvert. And um, well, I, I started contacting people. I, I don't even know how, how oh, I could manage that. But I, I started talking with people and uh, showing them the idea of the association and, and showing the, the concepts behind it. And uh, people agreed with that. And especially because this is a, a very inclusive association. So, and I, I'm very proud to say that this is truly an association, which means that it's an institution made by people. So I I may be the president, but I'm not the person that does everything. So for instance, we had now a review of the code of ethics in a general assembly, and uh, there was the proposal of some changes. So I said to this group, that's great. So you can be together and you can propose those changes. And it, it was amazing. They have done that. They have sent me the changes. So now we are going to schedule another general assembly to approve those. And I think this is the, for me, it's a great happiness to say that this is an association made by people and all the designs are done by people. So that's the most important thing for me.
0: I, I love what you're saying. And I feel a little bit the same with Johannes Reindel in his new role and your role. Like at the end, you know, Reiki is really about bringing people together and uniting people for a common good, right? So it's not like you're not the president and you go like any other association. It's really about being able to hold the space uh, for for people to be able to do what they want to do, but not everybody's as organized, right? It's the power of introverts. So
1: I- <laughs> problem.
0: It is, probably, because the extroverts were out there, you know, like doing noise, uh, which is a good thing as well. So I have a question because the code of ethics, right? So I wanted to touch base a little bit like that uh, because obviously we all have our practice and its own practice, but what can a code of ethics add to a community of Reiki practitioners? What kind of guidelines, or what do you think is the positive impact, to put it correctly, of having a code of ethics?
1: Mm -hmm. well we have several kinds of code of ethics Uh, we have for uh, therapists or practitioners and then we have also for reiki masters and because these are sections very well defined as as a role as a reiki practitioner so uh, this kind of code of ethics they are not only for us to remember what we should do but also to remember the rights that our students or our Uh, clients have. And this is also a way to show society that we are organized and that we think on this and that we are concerned that good practices are a step, a very important step for us, Reiki practitioners. And also the the self-regulamentation that we propose here in Portugal is something that can avoid the dangers of someone taking the propriety of, of Reiki and saying no, now we own Reiki, and uh, if you want to be a Reiki practitioner, now you must do what what we are saying. So, this is a big risk, and that can happen.
0: I never thought about. It. I thought more about what like happened in the states about the regulation, like someone trying to regulate because there is no self regulation. But as you said, yeah, someone could take over. I, I think what I find very attractive about code of ethics is you're not telling people either you do this or you don't practice. It's, this is the ideal. This is what you have to aim at. And there is a little bit of accountability, right? Because sometimes we say, oh, the rake energy can do no harm. But that doesn't mean our whole process of offering sessions or teaching, you know, is the best or the most ideal for the good of others. So I, I love that idea of placing a code of ethics and then giving people the freedom, here are the tools to be accountable, but I'm not you know, slapping you or forcing you or, or limiting your practice as well, right?
1: Yeah, that's it. And for instance, we also created a, an ethic committee, which is, uh, we had a lawyer at the front of, of it, and then several representatives of the association, uh, associates and coordinators. So, This meant that we tried to achieve uh, a broader view from the association in this uh, ethics committee. And we had some complaints, of course. And here the issue is that most of people don't want to go in front with the complaints. So don't want to put it on, on, on paper. But also some complaints went forward and we we also expel some associated so this is very important to to people to be aware that sometimes is not because you are a reiki practitioner that you are doing right or that you belong to an association that you are doing right so we are we must be accountable for for what we do and we must have things very very right on our on our hand heads but it's like you're saying we don't force anyone to do anything this is the most important thing and also one of the bases of the association is to bring clarification and clarification is a a passive thing if you want to be clarified it's great if you don't want you won't be so we passively just have this to give you and if you want, okay, let's go aboard and <laughs> let's take up the train. So this is the, the idea is to to bring some clarification to the society also for Reiki practitioners, because some may not have the idea and, and sometimes even may do something that is not correct by not knowing. So we are here to help. That's that's our great point here.
0: And when we talked last time, I think that that really was something that touched me, that this whole effort really came from a desire for clarity, like offering clarity to people without trying to tell them what to do. And that mm-hmm. has been fueling your books and uh, your association, all of that. Where did that desire came from? Like come from?
1: Well, um, especially from from what I experienced in, in life. So if we if we live well trying to explain the historical part of portugal uh, my greatest influence here in life was my grandfather and portugal had a, an extent period of time where fascism ruled so for instance my my grandfather is was he was a very spiritual person and at the time he had to burn all his books Oh, no. because he was uh, <laughs> he was persecuted by the police so he had to burn everything he had to to be hidden of the police um not to be charged for something <laughs> okay so not going against the, the regime and even he told me stories about buying books under the <laughs> under the table and <laughs> stuff Black like that market of
0: books. Oh, my yeah
1: God. so so that's that uh, brought me uh, an idea of, "Mm, okay, so uh, we shouldn't be uh, so strict. And, and also, as a rule, um, I don't mind to have a person that doesn't like me and goes against my ideas very near me. I really don't, don't mind that because that person is teaching me something. So, uh, I accept very well when somebody says, no, I, I I don't believe in this, or this is wrong, or something like that. Uh, and that's very important to to maybe be able to listen and maybe be able to, to change. But doing something like this uh, means that we are going to evolve very slowly because we are trying to push a train with <laughs> several carriages and with people with a, a lot of own ideas. So but that's the the way of of creating something that will last. So we we have 13 years and so we are here and other associations closed. And this is because we just want to go slower. And sometimes people say no but we we should have now Uh, reiki uh, regulated and uh, recognized by the state and etc etc but what happened here in Portugal uh, when the recognition of alternative medicines came well it was a, a shot on the feet for them so it was not a very good thing so if we went through that way well probably reiki would end here in Portugal so oh. that's that's the idea. It's trying to to listen and trying to to come with everybody for a, a common ground. And the the biggest inspiration for that is without a doubt the teachings of Mikao I,
0: I love that, and and I love what you say. Like we often, when I first heard of regulation in the states, I'm like, oh, but it will give us like you know like we're serious, like we are like recognized. And then when I saw all the downfall, like the cost of it, I basically will have to quit my Reiki practice to others. It it was like, because the cost was like, probably more than what I make in a year, at least for the first year. And and then again, the curriculum, everything, it was very limiting. So it looks very tempting, but yeah, as you say, we have to go slowly and carefully. And sorry if you can hear that, hopefully you can hear, I live in Harlem and all the boop, the alarms are going on that's part of the city
1: and and natalie for instance you you are a person that you have learned reiki and you have practiced reiki and who can say to you that you can't practice and who is the politician that has the the right or the experience in life or the knowledge to say that you can do it so that's the problem of that kind of regulation
0: Absolutely. For me also, like I think language is a big, dangerous thing, right? Because if I say it's my spiritual practice, you cannot tell me anything. If I say it's alternative medicine, then do you understand? There is, I I think also how we handle language has to like little by little. We need, and I think we've come out of the closet as a spiritual practice for the last few years. Um, But, but I think that, that the language part is where it becomes tricky as well, right? Because it's such a personal, unique experience, so I love, as you said, like start slowly and together, right, and coming together and offering the space. I love that because I can imagine I would have been the opposite. Like people want to change the code of ethics. I will have them all in a room for like three hours and being exhausted and gone nowhere. That, that ability to let go, oh, you want to work on it instead of like being there, just giving space for people. And I'm sure actually empowering them to think and then realize, okay, It's not as easy as it looks. Let's work together and we get it done. But I think they also appreciate all the work that goes behind it. So I'm I'm stealing lessons here from you. I'm like, I got to get to our brain and put it into mine a lot. (laughs) So I also, another thing that really touched me when we're talking, it's, you know, obviously you have your Reiki business, you have the association, but you do also a lot of nonprofit. Um, And you really, you were telling me that when you trained you spend how many hours? You gave like two years of sessions.
1: Yes, two so years.
0: So, for you to talk a little bit of that experience about offering sessions to others, and then the part about like the part with the people with Down syndrome and the elderly, who we can bring Reiki to society in a beautiful mm-hmm. way.
1: Yes. Okay. So, um, after I ended my my Reiki practice uh, through through the level three, I I started uh, working as uh, for free uh, in a in a in a in a consultory, I think we can say that in, in English, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I worked there for two years, not charging for for any kind of therapy, and that gave me experience for my Reiki practice. And I practice Reiki every day, so I, I can say that I truly have learned and practiced Reiki for twenty years because of more than 20 years because I really practice every day and this gave me a, a very sensible approach to people and to diversity and to learn what to do on a Reiki consultation on a Reiki session and it was really important for me to to achieve that I'm not saying that it's important for everybody but for me it was it was important and this was also a part of the teachings of my grandfather, because he also have done many things in, in a volunteering way. So I define my life as, I, I will do volunteering in, in all the spectrum of my life, in everything that I do in life. So when someone tells me, oh, you shouldn't charge in Reiki, it should be for free. I asked that person, well, what is your profession? And the person may say, "Well, I'm a, an accountant." Okay, so do you do your work for free? Oh no, I, I have a job, so I'm paid for it. Okay, so you should volunteer yourself also to give for free what you know. So and also, I'm I'm a designer by profession and by study. And um, when when someone came to me with a a design work, I had a, a kind of a connection and I saw the end of the work when the person was speaking. So this is spirituality working and spirituality is not something that you can just take as a coat and leave it at home. And then you go to your work and then you come back and you put it again. So everything in our life is also moved by our spirituality. And volunteering is something that you should give in everything that you have learned in life. So this is my, my precepts. Those are my precepts. It's, it's the way I work. And nowadays, I, if I really see it, at least 80% of my work is volunteering. So if I'm going to look to my Reiki therapies, most of them are, are volunteering and some of them are paid. And also when I give courses it's the same rule so if the person can't pay she won't pay so that wouldn't be an impediment to, to learn Reiki so this is this is my my precept <laughs> these are my precepts and uh, for me the volunteering is a way to give back to life what I'd receive so much so so going to the that that idea that you brought about people with the syndrome of Down and the elderly volunteering. Well, this, this is a project uh, based in Guimarães, where my wife is. And they started many years ago with a, an institution that, uh, that has activities and, and also a home for some of those kids. And it was very interesting because we started to, to implement a, a Reiki learning project there and it was like hmm, was it going to be teaching reiki to them mm-hmm. well we had some adaptations of course and it was the, the effort of many volunteers and it was beautiful because first in the institution we, we just gave reiki for them to know what it was and okay and then who wants to learn and we had several people wanting to to learn reiki and it was very funny so they have learned level one, and even some go, went to level two. This is amazing. And wow. one, of those, one of those kids, a girl, uh, she even had a very special relationship with, uh, with Reiki, because she, she said, well, I speak with, uh, with Sensei Uzui, and he tells me to do this and this and that, and this position and that for this and that and it was amazing because <laughs> it it uh, it fit it fits on the purpose so it was wow. something really amazing really amazing and then uh, my wife she she got a a project that was for them to give reiki to some elderly people in a day center and and it it was really amazing we have some pictures and some some films about that and it was incredible because the elderly people they received them very well it was very beautiful and they liked a lot reiki and we are talking about people that don't have much in mind so reiki flows in another way when we have too many clouds in our minds, <laughs> reiki is stuck <laughs> or at least the feeling of reiki but they don't have it. So, so Reiki flows in a different way. And there was a, a story very interesting of a girl that she was um, very, very touched by seeing a, a very old lady almost in, a, in the deathbed. And she was very touched by that. And she didn't want to practice Reiki anymore. But, but after a while, she wanted to come back And she wanted only to apply Reiki to people in that condition. Oh, wow. And I I have the recording of her treating uh, also a non-lady. And it's the most touching thing I've seen in my life. And that's a very, very beautiful Reiki. Because she was applying Reiki to her head. And also gently making uh, a touch like this on, on her face.
0: Oh, so beautiful. it was
1: it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So it was really amazing. And this year they they also went to some uh, high school kids to play Reiki to them. <laughs> so oh, that's it was,
0: cool! Yeah, yeah. They also need yeah. it. Yeah. Well, everybody needs it, but teenagers need a lot of Reiki. Yeah, yeah. That's the head where it gets stuck.
1: Yeah. So I I hope this may inspire many people in many countries to, to do the same to, to go to these kind of institutions to, to give Reiki to them and also to teach them Reiki because it's really beautiful and really important and of course this is not easy this is not a, a dream this is not easy and we need the support of all the technicians of the institution because it's, it's hard and we need to learn a lot of things to be there. So uh, this is also a, a way to, to be humble, is to go into an institution. We know what we do, but we have to learn also to be fit in the needs of the others. So this is also very something very useful to learn.
0: That is very, very... Beautiful and very useful as well, because even when we go Reiki in hospitals, sometimes like, I want to do my session. It's like, no, they're like, every healthcare facility has its role. We need to partner. And the other day I was thinking, oh, I would love to offer like Reiki, like free teachings for people who are underprivileged. And then my friend was, well, they were two jobs or three jobs. So you're going to have to completely rethink the way you teach. They cannot take four or five hours. So it's like really, as we expand Reiki to people who probably don't have access and bring that true inclusivity. We really have to open our mind and, as you say, be humble and work with them, right? Like when, like, really adapt what we're teaching. But I'm gonna be posting the link to the video you sent me. I saw the video. Um, my heart just like went like, "Oh, it's so beautiful," right? And and I think again. Reiki, if we would talk about inclusivity, this is the kind of things that is real inclusivity. It's bringing people we never even think could perform a Reiki sessions into it. So that was very beautiful. And you're also working with kids, I think, is your your wife with Super Reiki? Yes. Yeah, so- my wife. Yeah. So, in English, that means super little Reiki or or Reikiist. I don't know how to translate that.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it.
0: You guys are very creative to bring people outside there. So, if someone wants to bring Reiki to kids, what is the tip you will give in terms of teaching uh, kids or young people uh, to perform Mm -hmm. or practice Reiki?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, they they are very sensitive. Well, at least here in Portugal, because cultural backgrounds may be different on other countries, but... Here, we found them very sensitive and also very eager to to express their emotions. And uh, my wife always reports a lot of stories uh, she got in schools and things like, well, I I feel uh, a big rage on my heart and I feel very sad about myself. So children nowadays, they are dealing with very strong emotions probably things that we didn't have when we were kids so we had also our problems but maybe not so intense than nowadays so the first thing is to to be very attentive to what children may need and help them with the five principles to manage those emotions this is something very important also. So our work here is very based, very centered in the five principles. And then also we have created a sort of a, of a story. She created a story that, that means that our character goes through the chakras and these chakras are like caves. So the, the kid goes also with this superhero and he tries to find out how is each chakra. So a chakra is also, <laughs> yes, the chakra is also a consciousness center. Yeah. So he's diving inside of himself and expressing what is happening and also having resources to, to deal with those situations. So this is generally what, what we try to do with them.
0: That sounds like so much fun that I actually want to like, go smaller and learn that and go back in time and I, I love that you also adapt again your teachings right we're teaching for the institution now adapted to kids like they are more into storytelling you know visual and that is how you communicate with them and this leads to the five principles right so for some, like for some lineages and some people the Reiki principles sometimes they're not thought as the core of the practice they are more like okay you recite them three times here and there but also Japanese recitation and Western recitation is very different, right? So what do you think is the role of the principles and what can it offer to people who perhaps have not practiced very much with them until now?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, it's like Mika also said, um, it's the secret art to invite happiness. So just for today, which means be present, be present in your life. So be present in this moment and what you should do, so worry not, angry not, and be grateful, work diligently, and be kind. So truth, these five principles, and, and sorry if I said something wrong, because in English no, no, it's- And don't it's worry
0: different. because there are 300,000 <laughs> translations of the principles in English. So yes. yes, you were very clear, we all get what you said.
1: Okay. So, so the idea is to listen to these principles as they are in truth, the secret art to um, to invite happiness and the spiritual medicine for all diseases. Why? Because if I change my consciousness, I also may change my disease. This doesn't mean that I will cure my disease, but it will may change the way I look at it and the way I live it. So it's always better to have a healthy spirit living on a. Um, a nil body and having a, a nil spirit living on a healthy body yeah so for me the principles are are in in reality the basis of of reiki so when i have a problem i will reflect with these five principles where did i get lost my harmony why don't i trust myself to to solve this what kind of lessons should i learn With this situation, how will I work to solve this? And how being kind to myself and to others? So the five principles are really profound. And well,
0: And I I love the twist you gave them, right? Because a lot of practitioners, they are turned off, like, do not angry. Like, it feels like I cannot get angry. But you say, where did I lose my harmony? Harmony, right? So you're giving, or like, do not worry. Like, that beautiful, like, why don't I trust myself? So I think also, like, that is, those are some cues. And I'll put them in the notes as well. Uh, There are new ways of seeing the principles that really help us reflect on them. Especially, like, when I came to them. I came from a very Catholic background. And for me, it was like, do not anger. Or, it was so hard that I actually put those principles in like the drawer. I didn't want to see them, right? Because I felt I failed at being a Reiki practitioner every day. And when you do that shift of perception and then you use those words, right? Because some of us struggle with the not, do not. But it's really about like, why am I losing my harmony? So I, I love the language you use there. And I think it's going to help a lot of people to practice with the precepts and see them in a new way. Thank you so Thank much. You. So beyond this, tip, <laughs> no, beyond this tip, that was amazing, uh, having that precious language. And again, we go back to the importance of language, right? And how careful we have to be when it comes to spiritual practice. But if you can give someone one simple tip to deepen their practice, imagine I've been practicing on plateau, I'm not in love with Reiki anymore. I'm like placing my hands. If you could say one thing to me to change my perception or deepen my practice, what would that be?
1: It will be be present in yourself. Wow. It's the just for today. This this was something that I that I've learned um maybe in 2017. Uh, so it was not much long ago. So I, I had this kind of of uh, disruption in in my work, and I was thinking, hmm, should I leave or not? I, I was at that work like twenty years, and um, it, it was happening some things that um, was was dealing with my heart and my integrity. So I had to take a decision, and I went to to a retreat to my temple in in Taiwan, and. When I started the retreat, it was like I was inside a coffin. Oh. And and I said to myself, this is impossible. I I can't be like this. I I can't live inside myself this way. So okay, the retreat was very good. <laughs> it was a great experience. It was very enlightening enlightening for me. And uh, and after that I, I quit my my job. And it was very funny because I gave a, a gold gold card saying that I, I was quitting. And they thought that it was an invitation for a wedding.
0: Oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh my well. God. Yeah. I will, I will not expect you to quit my job with a gold <laughs> card. I'll be like, what is this?
1: Yeah. So, and, and also I, I tried to, to solve everything at my work. So I even gave meditation classes there and everything. So I, it was really the end of a cycle in peace and in harmony. So that's what I want for my life and to give also to, to others. So the importance of being present in my body means that I'm full aware of myself. And that's the promotion of coherence. So what I think, what I feel, what I do is aligned on the same purpose. And if we think on the words of Mikau Zui, when he said that the the motto of his school was the union of self through harmony and balance, well, unity of self. So it's mind and heart. So I I think this is the most important thing uh, that we can practice in, in Reiki, is to be present because being present in life is really to make the change
0: and i have nothing to add beyond thank you for that beautiful ad and that beautiful advice you know it's i really really appreciate it and it's so hard right because there's netflix and feelings we don't want to feel and so many things to do and get distracted right so being present and that that is beautiful thank you joel on the other hand, because I ask you that beautiful advice, I also ask every guest here for one oops, or I, I went from calling them mistakes to teachable moment, which is a little bit clearer what I want, because sometimes they see you it's like, oh my God, Joao, he gives reiki to kids and he has an association, he practices. he volunteers, he's this perfect human being, I can never live up to that, right? So yeah. I think the oops bring people to reality, to know that we all are very human and we all have a process and sometimes we're at a different stage in the journey. So I'm asking you, your Joel,
1: oops. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm a very human person, which means that uh, I have to work very hard to achieve anything. So, well, uh, this is true. I I have to really work very hard to achieve anything. So uh, my whoops uh, are, of course, sometimes... Uh, uh, irritability that may may arises um, when uh, when in some situations uh, people should do a little bit better. So uh, why? Because imagine that that you do a, a great effort for. Okay, let's try to to listen everything. Let's try to to give everything, uh, every kind of conditions for you to do your work, and then uh, people just say, uh, "Oh no, you you just don't carry me by your hands. You you just don't talk about me every day." So no, I'm, I'm very offended with that, and that's something that mm, humanity arises in my. <laughs> Okay. I, I'm boiling. So, okay. Now I'm going to recite the five principles. I'm returning to myself and not to the situation. So, yeah, but, but I'm an absolute human people. Okay. So don't worry. I, I eat, I sleep, not so much as I, as I should. I, I also take my shower. I'm an absolute human person. I and that. I fail a lot. A little...
0: No, and I think being vulnerable about that, you know, like helps a lot of people, you know, like, okay, it's normal that I have my bad days, my good days, and especially with the news and the world the way it is. So we really have to bring a lot of compassion to our practice and our lives. Yeah. I, I like how you say humanity arises, like, you know, it's <laughs> all like, I'll define my crazy Scorpio anger as humanity arises.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it.
0: <laughs> it's lovely and before um, we end this and i have a something for you but i wanted to touch base you're organizing a seminar in june in portugal i would love for you to just talk a little bit about it in case someone there's still time to sign up right if people want to attend
1: yeah yes yes it's of course everybody can can register until the, the day before until the, the 3rd of of june and uh, this will be here in lisbon and we have several guests like Frank Java, Peter, Franz Stein, uh, Jojan Jonker, um, Stefan Stellman and uh, Patrick Rete. So the idea was to bring uh, researchers with different approaches about Reiki and and bring to to here in Portugal and to those who want to to see it and may see it uh, um, a background about the history of Reiki in these one hundred years of Osoy Reiki Riojo and also the, the benefits that I study in the academic way.
0: Perfect. That sounds interesting. And will it be available online as well or just in person?
1: Uh, at least at the beginning, probably just, just in person.
0: Perfect. So. so we all have to, if you live nearby Portugal, yeah. go there. There is, everybody's looking for an excuse to move to Portugal. I work with a bunch of people, yes. Americans and English people, and they're like, I'm working remotely from Portugal. So it's whoever true. is nearby or in Spain or Europe, please note that. And I'll add also the link in the podcast notes so you have easy access to that.
1: Thank you so much, Natalie.
0: It's, it's really incredible. Like I think you share so much wisdom in such a simple, clearly expressed way. I, I cannot stop thanking you for today's interview.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dive into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci.